Way back in 2005, two brothers set off on a road trip that would save the world and change television. The Blues Brothers. <laughs> no, uh-uh. Not, uh, not the Blues Brothers. For 15 seasons and 327 episodes, Supernatural took audiences on a wild ride of family, fate, and faith with a rocking soundtrack and a seriously cool car. But that was then, Bobbo, and this is now. And yes, the show has quote-unquote ended, but we're not quite done with the journey. No, we're not. And that's why we're watching it all over again, or for Rob and me, for the first time, right. diving deep into every episode of Supernatural with the fine folks who made it. And we're taking you along for the ride. Whether you like it or not. I'm Rob Benedict. I played Chuck Shirley, a.k.a. God. Uh, spoiler! Yeah, it is a bit of a spoiler, but hey, spoilers are fair game here. Ah, fine. And I'm Richard Spade Jr., and I played the Trickster, also known as the Archangel Gabriel. And I did a little bit of Loki work in there. Okay, you know we're running out of time. Okay, well, we'll be talking about the entire series, so whatever we say, accept it. You've been warned. So buckle up and settle in. Because this, my friend, is Supernatural, then and now. Hey everybody, I'm Rob Benedict. And I am Richard Spade Jr. And we're talking about season two, episode 17, Heart. But before we get into that, let's do a little of this, Robbie. Happy Halloween! You know what, we want to see your Halloween pictures. So tag hashtag SPN then and now and post them onto your Instagram and your Twitter. We want to see him. Let us see him. Come on, let us take a peek. Extra bonus if you're dressed like, uh, I was going to say Sam or Dean, but hell, if you're dressed like Loki or Chuck. Yeah, you know what? If you're dressed like Sam and Dean, just remember, everybody's doing that. Yeah. Dust but. off a classic and a rarity like a, like a Chuck or a Loki. Yeah. Extra, 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 extra credit for anyone who dresses like a character from Heart. Or extra, 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 extra credit if you dress like Rob looks right now. If for somehow you have a bead on what he's wearing at this very moment. If you can dress like Rob during the heart podcast. Extra, 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 extra credit if you dress like the FBI agent I hire. <laughs> to get to the bottom of who is To get to the bottom house. of why you can see me right now. Um, hey, let's get into heart. The summary. Sam and Dean head to San Francisco to investigate a series of violent deaths. If you're going to San Francisco, be sure to investigate all the violent deaths. <laughs> it's a great song. It's, a, it's the verse no one ever quite heard. The boys suspect werewolves. Like you do. Dean gets really excited by the prospect of hunting werewolves. Like he does. They head to Madison, one of the last people to see the most recent victim alive. Not Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, she was the victim's assistant, and she mentions to Sam and Dean that he could be kind of a dirtbag after a few drinks. Yeah. She also mentions that her jealous ex-boyfriend, Kurt, saw her boss hitting on her before he died. So right away, we're like, okay, got a couple real clear suspects. Yeah, man. Not to mention the creepo that's her friend who lives across the hall. Yeah. Big red herring there, but go, but go on. Yeah. The boys find claw marks outside Kurt's apartment window. A cop is mauled nearby. The guys are concerned for Madison to decide to split up. Sam will stay with Madison in her apartment. And creepy Dean, who doesn't want to go, he will go and go to the streets to look for Kurt. Sam and Madison flirt before she heads to bed. Dean is at Kurt's apartment and finds him dead. Oh, no. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Sam and Madison flirt before she heads to bed. <laughs> Dean is at Kurt's apartment and finds him dead. With a werewolf Madison, with a werewolf Madison in the room. Ah. All caps. She rushes out, knocking Dean down, but he manages to slice her arm with a silver knife. The next morning, Sam and Dean confront Madison. She denies knowing anything. 
But she does have a scar on her arm from the knife, so we know it's her. We know it's her. We saw the scar on her arm from the knife. So do the boys, and they tie her to a chair. She has a bite mark on the back of her neck, similar to the other victims. John had a theory that if you kill the lead werewolf, you could cure the people it has bitten. So Dean goes on the hunt to find the werewolf. Madison, she wolfs out. Sam is able to lock her in her in her room in a closet. And uh, Dean finds the werewolf and kills it. P.S. It's the creepy dude across the hall. Yeah, shocking nobody. Dean sees that it is Madison's creepy neighbor, and they hope that this does it. Sam and Dean stake out her apartment just to be sure. One more night. She invites them both upstairs rather than have them, you know, just sit in their car. That's not cool. The evening comes and goes, and Madison doesn't transform. Dean heads back to the hotel. That's good news. Problem solved, right? Right. But yet, I checked the timer. We still got 15 minutes left. I'm like, this this ain't done. Uh Uh-oh. You know what 10 minutes that is? What? Sam and Madison getting down in her apartment. Like, were they up there on a ladder and they have to get down? No, they they do the, the nasty. Oh, they have to, like, clean up some mess? They make passionate love. Out of paper mache? Sam awakens in the middle of the night and Madison has wolfed out. She jumps out of the window and into the night. Sam calls Dean. There doesn't seem to be a cure. Eventually, Madison calls them distraught because she's lost and has no memory of the night. When she returns, you know, I bet she does remember that sweet, sweet love she made to Sam. Out of paper mache? (sighs) When she returns, she begs them to kill her. She doesn't want to live her life as a monster. This tears Sam up. But what, nevertheless, what, wait, what, wait, what, what tears him up? Killing her. He's huh. going to have to kill her. All right. And Dean's like, I got this one, Sammy. But Sammy's like, no, Dean, I want to do it. And so Sam, tears in his eyes, reluctantly goes in the other room and shoots her in the heart with a silver bullet. End of episode. Wait, he shoots who in the heart? You know what? If you don't want to listen to these summaries, I can't. I, it's very it. upsetting, but I, I could have sworn you just said, and shoots in the heart. He shoots her in the heart. He kills the werewolf, her. What? Oh. Yeah, did you see the episode? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I liked it. It's a good one. We're, this is a good segue, Robbie, because we can we can talk about it right now. You ready? Yeah. Here's what review. I like. It's time for the Rob and Rich review. Um. Okay. So, uh, I, I look. I, I feel like rather than you know, season one monster of the week, they all by the end of the season all had kind of the same format, the same formula. And I feel right. like this season we really are seeing them break out of that formula. And this is one of those where like. You know, you think it's going to go one way. You're right. There's there's the red herring, which was that 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 was a giveaway that the guy across the hall. But you don't put it together that it's going to have to end with this woman dying. No, and, man, you don't. It's really and then, well and then done. And her and Sam have this like romance. Well, that you know, you kind of saw you know bacon in the oven. But the whole end of the thing where suddenly she's uncurable mm-hmm. and they have to take her out, and then Sam has to do the dirty deed mm-hmm. of taking her out. I mean, man, it's very intense. And 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 I, I'll be honest, I didn't see that part coming. I thought for sure there'd be some TV solved right before right. Sammy has to pull the trigger. Right. But there's not. Um, there are a couple of things in the episode I feel like were a bit dated. I feel like, I mean, the boys come on strong to her at the beginning. They're a bit creepy. Oh, very. I mean, very, very not 2022 with exactly. their uh, approach Staying to uh, hitting on a house. woman. Yeah. And also the whole like, Rock, paper, scissors, who gets the hot chick? Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Right. Uh, okay. And the boss at the beginning, the drunk boss is like, let's get together. Back in the I office. need you to take notes at midnight. Yeah. And what about poor Kurt? I mean, Kurt gets a bad rap. Kurt's just, a, he's just a creepy ex-boyfriend that just gets mauled to death. Just walks around, standing around. 
Yeah, I know. And uh, the mauling's very, very bloody. Very bloody and graphic uh, deaths here. Yeah, very, very graphic deaths. Here's, you want to know a little trivia? What? The policeman who gets mauled? Yeah. That's Rob Hader, who became the stunt coordinator on Supernatural. That's Rob Hader? After Lou Bolo left, yeah. No way. Yeah. I did not recognize that as Rob Hader. That's crazy. Go back and look, and you'll be like, oh, my God, it's Rob Hader. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah, Rob was the stunt coordinator after Lou, uh, who choreographed you know my entire uh, last episode. But all that to say, Robbie, let's talk about, let's wrap this up with, like, our real deep-seated thoughts. I hear you in the data thing. That's to be expected, right, in some of these shows that are super old, especially their approach towards the ladies. Yes. But it, it recovers from that nicely, I think. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I yeah, we have a, a little love story that I felt like was sort of a, a departure. And we got to see a side of Sam that, you know, as an actor, I thought he really nailed that stuff. He was really great. The tears and the, the emotion, I really believed it. You know, two amazing actresses back-to-back, Trisha Helfer and the one before this. And now uh, Emmanuel Vaugier did such a terrific job in this. Such a good job. The linchpin of the whole episode, it all hangs on her. Jared and Jensen are always amazing, but getting a guest star who can act at their level and deliver a a super strong performance for them to play off of uh, is is critical, especially in this kind of role, much like with Trisha's role. And I think Emmanuel just did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hey, how about that monster vision? Do you think that was Brad running around with the camera? Yes. (laughs) With some funky lens on it. Yeah. 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 That was that was really well done. I thought, yeah. So wouldn't it be weird if that's just how raw? If that's just how Brad sees the world, and that's actually not some weird lens. That's they took the lenses off and just confirmed that it was you know that's that's Brad's perception of life. Could be. I uh, my overall ranking of this episode is uh, what are you going to say? You go first this time. I'm going to say it is. Not a Chris Stapleton. I'm dialing it back from my, what I consider to be the ultimate five-star review, the Chris Stapleton. Yes. I'm going with, what's the right way to go? I want to go with like um, Kenny Rogers. He's a nice beard, well-groomed. You know what I mean? I'm going Kenny Rogers. Not to be confused with my Kenny Loggins. No, your Kenny Loggins, it's very similar to your Kenny Loggins. It's just, you know, it's sort of the country music version of your Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins, I think, has a fuller, in this 1970s Kenny Loggins you've been referencing, he Mm -hmm. has that big full beard. That's kind of your perfect score. I think hanging on to the performance by Jared and Emmanuel, it's a great episode. And I think that it deserves a full beard. It doesn't get the perfect episode score of the Stapleton, but it gets a nice, solid Kenny Rogers from me. Along those same lines, I'm going to do the 80s Kenny Loggins. A little more trimmed, not quite the 70s pizzazz. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. So we got the double Kenny for this one. Double Kenny. Uh, 80s Loggins and uh, the the Rogers. The classic Rogers. Yeah. Well, we have a real treat here. We're going to get to talk to Emmanuel Vaugier, who played Madison. Her TV credits include Supergirl, MacGyver, Covert Affairs. This lady has worked. Magna P.I., Two and a Half Men, CSI, New York, and Smallville. Small. Film credits include Saw 2 and 4, House of the Dead 2, Secondhand Lions, and 40 Days and 40 Nights. Wait a minute. Is that two films, 40 Days, and then the sequel, 40 Nights? Or is the film called 40 Days and 40 Nights? The way it's written, I can't tell. We may never know. (laughs) Bring her on and end this madness. It's all in one, uh, it's all the same movie. So excited to have her with us, Emmanuel Vaugier. We're very happy to have with us today the star of this episode, Emmanuel Vaugier. How did I do? Très bon. Awesome. Good. <laughs> Merci. Okay. You were amazing in this episode. What a great guest star this was oh, for you. Oh, thank you. 
I actually rewatched the episode last night because um, I was like, that was a while ago. I think I need to rewatch that and refresh my brain. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, was that, it, it was a really good episode. I was like, that. no, it's heavy. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in this episode and you don't see it coming. You know what I mean? Like it, it's got a lot of twists and turns. It's a really well executed episode and, and substantial in its substance, if you will. And then did you audition? Was it an offer? How, how did that um, It work? was a straight offer, which was a nice surprise. It's always nice when you get those. And I was like, fantastic. I was like, I was excited to do the show. It was in its second season, I believe, season two. Yeah. And, Correct. Um, yeah. yeah. Now I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness, like it's been 18 years. <laughs> I know, like, it's crazy. Happened? I know. I know. It's funny when we do these interviews with people too, we're asking questions, we're asking them to remember something that happened on set, you know, right. 18 years ago. That being said, you are one of the few people that got to make love to Jared Padalecki on the show. That must have been, yeah. What was that like? I mean, working with with Jared in that way. I mean, you guys, there was it was very emotional developing that relationship. Did you know him? Did you go in? Did you meet them um, on yeah, set? Yeah, you know, I hadn't met Jared before. I knew Jensen through friends, so we had met before just casually. But I had never met Jared before, and they're both lovely. And and yeah, I mean, I think we were both kind of. I mean, I was nervous about the whole lovemaking scene and. I think he was a bit nervous about it. He hadn't done one before. So like it was his first time doing anything like that. Oh, wow. But he was just, he's so lovely and sweet and nice. And like, it was just, it was easy. It didn't feel like, you know, weird or awkward as, as little, you know, I mean, they're always weird and awkward because you've got 50 people sure. watching you in a bed and you're half naked. So with a camera far away from your yeah, face, yeah. they're like, there's nothing natural yeah. or sexy about any of it. <laughs> no. Um, right. But I remember we were laughing like the wardrobe. And I don't know, I, I have to ask them if they actually did this, but we were joking. We're like, oh, okay. So, cause you know, he, he hadn't done anything like this. So it's like, what do you wear? All these things, you know, they've got like the, the little Spanx, like compression things sure. for the guys and the girls too, like, you know, and tape. <laughs> we yeah. joked, I was like, we, can, we should just leave like a robe, some top stick and a sock in his trailer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and just see what he says, like, see what yeah. happens. And I just we were laughing hysterically about that, but I don't know if they actually did that to him or if that was- I think if they actually had done well, that, you uh, would have seen Jared coming to set wearing a sock. I'm, I have a feeling he would have embraced that. I, well, I don't know. I think he might have squashed that at the, at the outset. <laughs> he would have walked out mm, and been like, that's hey, true. guys, um, what is this? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. And he, uh, yeah, but it was very tastefully done. It was very, the way he came out was very tastefully done. Yes, yeah, so it's a cool scene, man. And also cool in that yeah. and where it plays in the story. It, yeah. For the lack of, you know, I know it's a CW show and they wanted to have romance and everything, but it, it didn't see, feel overly frivolous because your, your guys' relationship was built on this sort of shared conflict and need of each other in that moment. And it was, it was cool. It was well done. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. And they actually didn't. It didn't happen so early in the episode. They allowed it to build and make sense and be a bit more organic in happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so also, so when you're uh, the werewolf, you have <laughs> you have crazy mouth and eyes. Did you have fake eyes as well? They took my eyeballs out. <laughs> they removed my eyeballs. <laughs> That's big, a big pressure for this role. Uh, lots of uh, potential blindness. No, I, I had... Uh, bright blue, but my eyes are so dark that in order for them to actually look that blue, they basically had to blind me. And I could, there was like a teeny tiny hole for me to see. So I could barely, they were leading me around. Wow. So if it was dark, I could, and then the fangs were, you know, they hadn't specially mold fitted or whatever. Like I couldn't yeah. eat or drink anything really. Once those were in, it was like, okay, 
um, were shooting for a while and I could yeah. drink a little bit through a straw. Yeah. And then when you, how'd you ask for it? I get my coffee. Can you bring me my movie? You have those fake teeth in. It's like diction goes out the window. Yeah. I've had to do that before. Thank God you didn't have any lines as right? the werewolf because that's really yeah, tricky. Yeah, because well, then you're lisping and it's like, yeah, you can't. And, and I was drooling constantly. Drooling. You're oh, like, the drool. Because like the teeth. <laughs> I really, really hurry. I really hurry. I can't help it. So, so let me ask you this. Did, did you, since they were specially made fangs just for you. No, I did not get to keep them. Damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You knew where I was going. And then what, there was a lot of physicality with the werewolf. Did you have, ta- have to talk about that? With was it, was Did Kim he Manners did. direct this? He did. He was a lovely, lovely man. And uh, yes, we, there was a lot of physicality, especially with the scene with Jensen, because there's a lot of thrashing about. And I mean, you always work that stuff out ahead of time. As you know, it's just sort of choreographed. Sure. And, but it's always fairly like, cause I mean, Jensen's a big guy. Like I, I was watching the episode. I'm like, I'm pouring them coffee and they're like way up here. My coffee cups like here. Cause they're like six foot four and I'm five, six and I'm like, and I'm wearing yeah. flats in that. And I'm like, Oh my God, they're huge. So, you know, you know like, it's That's sort of hilarious. like, they don't really know their own strength. They're so big. <laughs> so yeah. we had to kind of work stuff out. Yeah. I mean, he was lovely and gentle and, and sweet about it, but you know, like he is, substantially larger than I am. So he could easily pick me up and <laughs> That's throw funny. me in and he'd be like, oh, whoops, didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Ahoy, Rich Spade here. Hope you're enjoying the episode, but we got to pull over for a second for some messages. Thanks for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. And, you know, you, uh, you mentioned that Kim Manners directed this one, which he did, and he was the, uh, a legend in the Supernatural universe and TV in general, um, but he was the producing director for so many years that helped craft the look of the show. And he was quoted, I assume, in an interview from years ago talking about this episode, and he says, about you, he says, she brought a quality to that werewolf that was much like Lon Chaney Jr. He brought a vulnerability to his monsters, and you felt compassion toward them because they suffered such pain. And I think Emmanuel captured that in her performance in this episode. Oh, wow. That's great. That's amazing. Beautiful quote from yeah from the late, great Kim Manners. I thought you'd like to hear that. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that is very, very lovely. Thank you. And and it's true. It's a it's a you know, I started this interview, we started this interview by talking about the complexity of this episode. It's not your damsel in distress episode. There's a lot more going on here with this character. And I mean, God, the journey of this of this story is really intense. I gotta tell you, like as a watching it for the first time, which I did, and Rob, you probably watched it for the first time. I just mm-hmm. because it's a TV show, I was expecting it to get easy for the solve at the end. Mm-hmm. And it does not. You know, it it stays complex the whole way through. And it's that's really what makes Supernatural awesome is that they would do stuff like that. They would tackle things in that way that separated it from your rank and file CW good looking people show. Um, they weren't afraid to go dark and stay dark and live there. And it, it really pays off in a big way with some great acting by you and Jared and Jensen. Thank you. Yeah, no, I was really, like you said, it's it's different from the usual CW fair because they do, they do dig a lot deeper and, you know, they're not afraid to take the emotional journey. So that was, that was a pleasant surprise because oftentimes that's not the case. 
just because they, you know, it's, it is the, their formula is quite different for the CW generally. This was yeah. a departure from that. Yeah. And if, if Supernatural is built on the idea of surprising you, like jump scare and that kind of thing, I'll say that this episode surprised me in its emotional depth. It, you know, it, I just did not yeah. see that coming. At the end, when they ha- hit that resolution that there's only one way out for you in this scenario, I was like, what? <laughs> really? And I kept waiting for there to be a turn or something, and it never happened. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Holy cow, this is brazen TV. Uh, Especially, I mean, it's brazen TV for now, but especially network TV 14 years ago. I mean, you know, 15 years ago. That's it. I mean, it's really impressive. Now, there was so much emotion in that scene where you come to that realization, and then Jared comes to his sidebar realization that he's got to be the one to do it. Do you recall where in the schedule that took place? Like, had you guys known each other for a minute at this point, or...? Because that would help, I think. I would think. I believe so. I, I I don't think they had scheduled that right at the beginning. It's sort of like the the lovemaking scene too was not. Kim was very conscious of that and sensitive to the fact that that would affect performance, even if we didn't want it to. It naturally would, just because we wouldn't. You know, it, it makes it that much harder if you don't know the person. If that's your first scene out of the gate. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it works out great. I mean, like it just makes your job as an actor harder. But I don't recall it. I don't recall it being first up like in the first few days. Good. And did you do any work with Jared offset in terms of preparing for it? No. It's amazing. It's amazing, really, truly. I mean, you come in, you meet these guys and then boom, you throw into this this role that's uh very intense yeah thank you no it was um it was well it was well written too you know it was it was well crafted so that all those things and and jared was very easy to work with they're both very talented and um and so i was lucky to step in and step onto a set that was so well run and you know stocked with talent so that Made my job here. Well, it was just a super unique and special episode. You did a great job. And and that's no small feat because if you don't deliver, the the episode suffers. It's not a small part. Like the whole part hinges on your performance and your relationship with Jared in the episode. You did a great job. And and it's just such a unique episode in that it never has the tip up. It just goes right down into the dark and takes us along with it. And it does so effectively because of the great work you brought brought to the table and the great work that Jared brought to the table, really. I mean, it's a, always Jared and Jensen, but Jared had the heavier lifting in this one, and it was just really impressive. Great job. And real tears. Real, real tears. tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real. <laughs> You know, there's a scene at the beginning that uh, our first shot of you, I think, when you're talking to the people at the yes. bar and that, that drunk guy comes up and kind of hits your on boss. you. Yeah. Someone you work with. Yeah, your boss. And I thought you did such a great job in that scene because I don't know why, for some reason that really stuck with me because you're working with a lot of extras and that guy who just has that, you know, that one scene and you, you have a real familiarity with all of them. I totally believe that you work with these people, you know, and that's not easy when you're, because I, I, you know, understand you're, you're just not talking about nothing with some extras that you don't really know. And you really made that real. Oh, thank you. Though I think now I remember that scene and the stuff at the office where I find him, find the body and everything and the, the dramatic smash of the coffee. <laughs> I was like, yes. oh, that? I was yeah. like, Kim Manor's special. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. And the scream. Um, that was first up. I, we shot those things. Uh, yeah. That okay. That'd be, yeah, that'd be a good mm-hmm. thing to start with. Yeah. 
for sure. Well, it, it, and I, you know, by th- that scene, Rob, I was watching that scene going, man, I wish I had that much fun with my coworkers. So just, like, just laughing it up. Right. <laughs> Having a great time. Oh, I wish I had that many friends, period. <laughs> yeah. And I, I never, I, I never get hit on by my boss. <laughs> Why doesn't that ever happen to me? Well, thank you so much for, for doing this interview. It's a, it's great to have you because you were so key in making this episode as strong as it is. And you did a great job. And it, it's just been a delight to meet you and talk to you about this very significant episode. Wait, I have one more thing. Uh, we hear you yeah. love animals. Is that I true? do. How many I do you have? I have two dogs, uh, um, Jack and Bella, a little seven-pound toy poodle and a multi-poo that's 12. <clears throat> and I have a horse. Wow. Yes. A horse? Not living in your house. Sadly, no. <laughs> a little large. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Have you always always been an always, animal person? Always, ever since I was little. And I had like always been a... Uh, you know, wanted a pony from from a young young age, and all I ever had was like you know the little my little pony, my little ponies, and um, yeah, and then you showed them. Now I you got your own have, horse. So I'm like, hey, look at me now, mom. I <laughs> I got a full size pony. <laughs> my biggie pony. <laughs> yeah, so I got myself my little Barbie pony um, a few years back, and uh, yeah, no, it's fun. I love it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Outstanding. Well, you're really terrific in this and uh, really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Well, thank you for having me and, um, and, and thank you again for everything. That was, that was awesome. This is Jared Padalecki stopping in to say hi and let you know that we've got to take a quick break. Thanks for listening. Now, Back to the episode. Boy, that was great, huh? She's so terrific. It was great. And I just absolutely loved hearing her unpack the depth and weight of the character and the exploration it took and the emotional impact it had on her and Jared to do both the lovemaking and the death sequence. And I loved your follow-up question about kittens. I thought that was a strong finish. I heard she loved animals. and I Kudos. We like pull us back from the brink of a, a cataclysmic death sequence into your My Little Pony q and I heard you liked animals. Uh, you did. <laughs> Listen, um, you know what I found really interesting was that she, that they didn't do any, there was no offset work. I mean, look, we, there, there rarely is on TV shows like this, but it's also rare that you have that intense of a acting job to do uh, with someone else and really have no rehearsal. Yeah, I know. That was very intense. They had to dive right into it. It's very impressive. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the mythology of this episode. Mythology! 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 There are various theories on ways to cure a werewolf bite. Oh, really? Do tell, Robert. A Sicilian and Arabic theory was striking it on the scalp with a knife. Another was using nails to pierce its hands. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. So, hold on. Yeah. Nice to see the Sicilians and the Arabs getting together on something. Like, you, you don't hear of that team up very often. Yeah. The so old one-two punch. Like a, what I'm the, assuming is a butter knife. And, and you just give so it the, a wrap on the head. The Sicilians are like, well, what do you think it would do? <laughs> well, here's my idea. Um, they take a knife and strike the werewolf. So you have to wait for the person to become a werewolf. And then right. hit it on the scalp with, with a knife. With a knife. Yeah. Huh. You just take like a butter knife and you just give it a good whack. A little handle bump. Okay. Yeah. 
And the other one is to take nails and pierce his hands. Well, it all, it's all very up close and personal with the werewolf. Too bad there's no distant way to approach this cure. I feel like it was oh. the Sicilians were the ones that want to use the nails in the hands. Yeah, that does sound very Sicilian. You know I'm not I mean? sure why, but why not? A German theory was that you had to address it three... <laughs> you had to address it three times by its Christian name. <laughs> very easy. I mean... Lance, Lance, Lance. There, you're good. Cured. You just, oh, that's hilarious. Those Germans, they had it down. That's all you do. And then the Danish believe. Rolf! 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 You're good, go home. The Danish believe that you only had to scold a werewolf to return it to its human form. I'm tired of these shenanigans. I tell you now to give it the rest. And they're going home now that they're a human farm. And why are they Italian, Mexican, with a little, a little bit of Swedish? Swedish. I, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. That's the region I chose. Other cures involved exorcism or potions involving wolfbane. Ah, what's wolfbane? Wolfbane is a liqueur okay. from Lisbon. Wolfbane. When's the last time you had a good shot of wolfbane, Rich? Been, it's been a minute. But I do have to go out and trim the wolfbane that's going around the uh, driveway. Uh, I, uh, it's the name of my high school band, actually. That, you know what, dude? Without without question, there's some band floating around right now. Wolfbane. Named Wolfbane, for yeah. sure. Um, hey, let's get in some fun facts. Fun facts, fun facts! Fun facts. Dean says, I'd say Kurt's looking more and more like our Cujo. Cujo is a film based on a novel by Stephen King about a rabid dog. The film, Cujo, was produced by Bob Singer. I had no idea that, that, that Bob Singer produced Cujo. That's crazy. Me neither. That is a fun fact. This is the first time Sam sleeps with a woman that Rob covets. Whoops, sorry, let's start again. <laughs> That's not true. It's not the first time. Yeah, it's not true. This is the first time Sam sleeps with a woman since the death of Jessica. Yeah, it's Ooh. a big deal for yeah, Sam. Very big deal. Yeah, no wonder he's so emotional about it. It's not all slap fodder for you, Robbie. Yeah. I really felt for him in that scene, you know? It's like it because of Jessica, Sam gives him, I mean, Dean gives him the gun and he's like, I just got to go kill another girlfriend. Yeah, that stinks. He's, he's 0 for 2. Yeah. In the Keeping Girlfriends Alive department. This is the first appearance of werewolves in the series. Oh, yeah. And they'll be around for a while. Yeah. The Turkish word Kurt means wolf. And the, the Turkish, Turkish word Rob means hot for Jared's co-star. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I know you so well that I knew that's exactly the joke you're going to make. Two of the names you see in the credits at the end of the show... Madison and Sam are watching. Oh, yeah. I wondered about this. Yeah, and I paused, I paused that to read it. Did you do that? I did not. Yeah, it's fine. Michael T. Moore and Olive Ehrenauer. Michael T. Moore was the script coordinator on Supernatural from 2005 to 2008, and Olive Ehrenauer was producer Todd Ehrenauer's dog. Oh, uh, yeah. There you That's go. That's funny. There were, there was, they used the real, like, Brad, Brad Creaser. They had some actual crew names in there, too. Did they? Fun. Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. Sam and Dean... The sec oh, this is your department, but I'll say it. Okay. The sex scene was filmed at the end of the schedule so that Jared and Emmanuel could get comfortable with each other. That makes sense. And she confirmed that. Um, yeah. Boy, uh, he works out. I'm going to go out on a limb, but I think he works out. Yeah, Jared? Yeah, every now and then. Sam and Dean used the aliases Detective Dante and Detective Landis. Joe Dante directed The Howling in 1981, and John Landis directed An American Werewolf in London in 1981. Both, both great movies, man. I loved 
Both those movies. Both great movies, and I did not put that together. I, in my mind, I was like, what's Dante and Landis? I no, I got the, I knew it was Joe Dante and John Landis. I didn't put together the werewolf directing part of it. I didn't put together the uh, howling. I put together howling. there was Dante and Landis, and I put together there was howling and, and London. I didn't put together they both were in 1981. <laughs> I didn't put together they both use Panavision lenses. Uh, you're ridiculous. Listen, follow more of this ridiculousness on Patreon. Join our Patreon for more fun at patreon.com slash SPN then and now. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, Robbie. I yeah. mean, like, let, let us not forget that you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at SPN then and now. But of course, Robbie's right. Patreon is really where it's at with all the bonus material, the clips, the uh, photos, the bonus uh, interviews. It's all there. Go check it out. Patreon. Dot com slash SPN then and now. Well, this was fun, Rich, as always. It's so fun. So fun. Great, great interview with Emmanuel. She was just a delight and so good on the show. It's always fun to hear the real stories of excellence from the fantastic guest stars that populate the supernatural universe. 100%. She was lovely. And I'm just excited for the next one. Same, buddy. Same, same. All right. I'll see you then. Yep. This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars included Emmanuel Vosier, Brad Dryborough, and G. Patrick Curry. Heart was written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Kim Manners. Kind of a one-two punch of greatness right there. Mm-hmm. Edited by Anthony Pinker, music by Jay Gruska. Supernatural is executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The episode featured the following songs, Look at You by Screaming Trees, Silent Lucidity by Creensryche. Yeah, I heard that coming on. I'm yeah. like, oh, dropping the Reich. Yeah. Smoking Gun by Kip Winger. Ah! And Down on the Street by the Stooges. Stooges. This episode originally aired on March 22nd, 2007. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spate Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine, written by Stephen Hine and Haida Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. What up, Booty? Music provided by Tim Wynn. The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Remind me how to say Vosier. your last name. Yeah. Vosier. Okay. It's mm-hmm. French? It is. Wee <laughs> oui, wee. Oui. Oui. <laughs> are you French? Um, my parents are from France, Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, all right, we're very excited to have with us today the star of this episode, Emmanuel Voguet. You uh, did it so wrong. Voguet, Voguet. Uh, you are one of the few people that got to make love to Jared Padalecki. That's one thing you and Rob that have in common. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Story Mill Media. 